In the words of Public Enemy's Chuck D. Bring the noise. Podcast Network. I'm Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're all doing blessed. Interviews are back, ladies and gentlemen. Interviews are back in business. I haven't done an interview in so freaking long. Uh, I I I think my last one was uh, Mr. Aura Major. Um, wow, episode ninety-eight, October first, twenty twenty. So I haven't done one in a minute, um, but yeah, man, we're back in business. Uh, this is a first of many. Guarantee you that I have a few interviews in the pipeline. Um, I'm not seeking to do one consistently, right? I, I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm just, I'm I'm doing it at my own pace in the moment. Um, I'm not trying to like a you know do it on a weekly tip or anything like that. I'm just trying. I'm, I just want to. I just want to get back into it, you know, get back in the flow of things and get to know new people um, and get some good stories in, pretty much. Uh, and uh, well, you, you've cl- you've clicked play, so clearly you want to you want to you want the same. Um, so yeah, man, interviews are back, and this will be the first of many uh, in the coming weeks and hopefully months. Uh, might stagger them, who knows? Depending on what we talk about. Uh, and yeah, you know, it, it, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And uh, as a uh, addition. Um, I'm also going to be trying something out over at 5EPN Radio. So if you would like to listen to this interview, but also have uh, some of the tunes uh, from, uh, if it's, an, well, especially if it's an, a musicalized, uh, if you want to hear their tunes as well as the interview itself, instead of the regular interludes, on top of the regular interview interludes, then uh, go hit up that 5EPN Radio, excuse you uh, on Spotify, um, as, as you can for obvious reasons um and yeah just go 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 give that a follow go get a subscribe and uh um and uh, peep the interview there but if you're here in on what's good territory on the what's good uh on what's good tip that's all well and good with me either way i'm happy um so with that said let's hop into our first interview since 2020 and it's a doozy ladies and gentlemen this is a nice nice real nice story Real nice, fresh story coming through. Real nice interview coming through. Um, my interview this for this episode is with Osei. Uh, she is an artist. Uh, dropped her debut EP last year, Chapter One. Dot dot dot. Um, superb uh, record. If you want to go peep that superb little EP, um, go peep that in the full show notes. Pop that link. Uh, I'll pop that link in the full show notes so you can peep. Uh, give that a listen, or go to Five PM. Listen to a few more. Um, and yeah, so we get into uh, you know us as if you haven't peeped a, a what's good uh, interview before. Uh, most of the time, if it's a first time interview, um, I like to peep uh, their you know to try and get their whole canvas. You know what I mean? By paint a get them, help them paint a picture of themselves in a way. Um, so with that said, we get into our beginnings um, as a first generation Afro American with Nigerian parents. Uh, what she, what she, what music she was exposed to back then, uh, how she grew up in, uh, how she says Chicago, but not quite Chicago. We'll, we'll, she'll get into that. Uh, uh, how she got into spoken word, 
um, how she sees spoken word as, um, you know, it's kind of a stigmatized thing and I like to bring that up. Um, and all the way up to where she is now, where she is uh, uh, residing in uh, the ATL in Atlanta and uh, and starting her music career after, you know, many times of um, maybe having the opportunity to do so, but continuing with like internships and, you know, networking and stuff like that. She's finally dipping her diving in and uh, doing her own tunes. And uh, I'm here for that, of course. So with that said, uh, that's pretty much uh, the tea up. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Grab your snacks. Uh, we get into all that and of course our top five. So with that said, let's jump right in. Hope you enjoy. Okay, Miss Osei. What is good? <laughs> I'm good. I'm chilling. Just trying to stay safe out here. That Abercrombie and Fitch very, you know, trying to keep it okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard the uh, one of my one of my boys from uh, Atlanta told me uh, the flu owner's here. So I'm just like, all right, cool. You you lot still outside? Or <laughs> oh, I'm definitely is that, keeping. Is that still the life mantra? I'm trying to keep it in now because again all this craziness I just I haven't thank gosh I haven't gotten corona at all and I don't want to start now knock on wood we're gonna we're gonna keep it mm-hmm. cool keep it tight keep it right so yeah no I, I feel like we're we're a, we're a, a rare just a a rare entity of having of the people that haven't haven't actually got it yet after all these years right I mean, so, 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 honestly it's weird because um a friend of mine uh, said she caught it like on the bus, and then at that, around that same time, we went to like two concerts, and I was just like, "Life is weird." Dang! And you didn't <laughs> even, despite being in those concerts, it's, it'd be like that though, for real. Like you do all these crazy things, and you don't get it. Meanwhile, your friend just happens to go out and grab milk from the store, and they catch mm-hmm. it. So, Shh. yeah, Shh. yeah, <laughs> in it. Well, but we'll 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 get we'll uh, steer away from that for the for the meantime. But anyway, how are how are you in general? Um, little health check. Uh, just uh, you know, just how you doing in general? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's a new year, new opportunities to do new things. I'm I'm excited to see what 2022 has to offer. You know, uh, the holidays were really nice. I got to spend time with my family in Chicago. Right now, I reside in Atlanta, but when I get to mm-hmm. go home to Chicago, it's always really really fun. Well, that leads perfectly into uh the first chunk of questions i like to give and uh just to see how much uh detail uh the person uh being asked to put into it so we begin where we always begin with the beginning that's way too complicated but uh, anyway where were you born uh what was life like for you growing up and what was your environment as you grew up Ooh, okay, okay, Barbara Walters. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I no one's ever called me that. So listen, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome for that. Um, but I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. Even though I claim Chicago, people usually don't know what suburb it is. So I gotta, I gotta claim Chicago by nature. Right. But I grew yeah. up in the south suburbs, Country Club Hills. Um, both of my parents are Nigerian immigrants and they moved 
um, in like the 80s. Well, my dad had been in America for a lot longer, but my mom right. had moved with my dad. She came to Niger uh, America from Nigeria in about the late 80s. And yeah, she they raised three kids. I'm the middle child, and it was a very it was a very cool household. You know, obviously, it's a bit for it's a bit difficult to kind of traverse the first generation American kind of experience. And I'm mm. sure a lot of, you know, um, first gens can kind of relate to that feeling like you don't always necessarily feel like you can conform to the American experience because you're not truly American. But then when you go to Nigeria, they don't even, they like, nah, this is an American kid through and through. But um, it's, I had a great childhood. I, I, you know, I was very musically inclined. I loved anything regarding music. I loved 90s and 2000s, like TLC, Aaliyah, Eminem, those were kind of my big inspirations. So listening to their music kind of played a big part into my, I guess, creative outlet, just being able to kind of, um, I don't know, sometimes where my words fail, music kind of helps me to, uh, you know, tell my story in a different way. Uh, it allows me to be whoever I want to be. If I don't feel confident, I can tell the story and be the most confident, cocky girl I, I want to be. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I always loved about music. It actually started off with poetry and then from poetry, it became rap and rap became kind of, I was always doing little jingles and creating little things in my head and that kind of inspired the musical and singing aspect of my creativity. Okay, that's good. There's a lot of... Uh... A lot of stuff to dig into there. Um, I'd like to begin uh, uh, with, your, with the prior stuff in terms of uh, Nigerian parents and first-generation uh, African-American. I find that extremely fascinating just from a, um, uh, just from a, I guess, a, a, a lifestyle standpoint because um, I feel like a lot, there's a lot of people, I assume, that, like you said, probably have that kind of uh, stuck-in-the-middle kind of uh uh a way of way of going about things uh you know to no fault of their own um sense of i guess belonging in some sense where it's just like you if you don't if you don't you don't fit in here kind of don't fit in here kind of don't fit in there do you fit in anywhere constantly asking that question about yourself and you know i feel like that's a lot of, uh, a lot of identity questioning you give yourself at that point but um let's not make it a uh you know, just psychiatry session, uh, psychiatry <laughs> session for you. No, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things because, you know, as a kid, everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to be accepted. Sure. And when you have the craziest name, you know, obviously I love my name, but when it's like the longest name of all the names in the, you know, when you have a substitute teacher and they just, they pause for a second. They're like, oh boy, here we go. You know, things <laughs> like that. It's like, oh, great. I just want to be in the corner. Obviously, the older yeah. you get, the more you appreciate it. But sometimes you do kind of have those identity crises of uh, where do I fit in? What, what does this all really mean? Why can't I just be an American kid named Sally or whatever the case may be? <laughs> Sally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. Um, luck luckily, my name's pretty white from a, uh, from a, generic, uh, from a general standpoint. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that. But it doesn't, it doesn't really work when applying for jobs, funny enough. So, you know, don't know where that is. What that it is. part. <laughs> It's because they all ask for ethnicity these days, and I'm just like, well... <laughs> you can't even trick the uh, uh, can't, can't even use the white name properly, damn. Uh, 
Maybe I should put white in it just you for the should, fun. You see if I actually get it. Oh, I didn't mean to hit that. I didn't. I didn't see that was a miss. Uh, finger slipped. Like, even though it was like cut over here. Right. Uh, exactly. Finger slipped. <laughs> weird. It says white. You know what I yeah, mean? Weird. But you know. It's, it's I don't there. know if that happened. You know. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're on to something. Right. We'll see. We'll see where. We'll see how that goes in the future. Um. Yeah, getting back to um, environment, because I've, I've interviewed a couple of people from Chicago and it kind of fascinates me on that front. And you said, obviously, suburbs of Chicago. So I feel like there's a a denomination that you feel like you had to say there. Yeah. Where it's just like, so it's like, so it's not like, you know, the Chicago that people think. Is that, am I, am I correct in that assumption? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Well, it's a big thing. If you are from Illinois in general, and if you're not actually from Chicago, like you make that distinction very clear because Chicagoans take big offense to you claiming Chicago when you're from the suburbs. So I just had to keep it real from all my Chicago listeners out there. You know, I'm not perpetrating. I'm just keeping it real. But I do rep Chicago okay. just in general because again, most people have never heard the city I'm from, Country Club Hills. So it's just easier to say the the biggest uh city in illinois just as a this is where i am in the most general basic form and i mean the experiences i've had versus someone who is actually from chicago are two different things too so i don't want to be like yeah you know i'm from chicago it was cool everything you know (laughs) when it's not necessarily true so that's why i felt like i had to make that distinction no i feel you honestly i've i've lived in uh, I've lived like an hour outside of London for most of my life, but I just put I, I was born in London. It's factual. I was born in London, so I wasn't raised there, but I was born in London. So take that how you will. And you know, I feel pe- people probably assume certain things where it's just like, oh, you're born in Camden. So yeah, I didn't live there. I was, I was I moved out when I was like six months. So you know, it's not exactly nature versus nurture kind of thing but you know people be, you put you put it there just put it there i feel i feel you though i feel i feel that um heavily um so yeah you mentioned you mentioned nigerian parents and i find that interesting because um obviously you mentioned uh the uh the icu into which was one of my questions coming th- uh on the on the come up um but just combining both i guess in in some sort since you already kind of half answered the f- uh, second one um what were your parents, did your parents listen to music and were you like um, exposed to any of their particular tastes as you were growing up? Oh, absolutely. Oh my, especially my dad, my, well, both of my parents in a lot of ways. It's crazy how into like American music, like my parents, you know, they, they acclimated very well too. So obviously we listened to a lot of Afrobeats. We listened to a lot of African music, but we also listened to a lot of, like my mom always kept, when we were in the car with her in the radio, she always kept it on like the top 40 stations. So, um, there's this funny story of whenever, um, the next episode by Dr. Dre comes on, she's always gets the smoke weed everyday part. This think of this uh, Nigerian woman, a Nigerian mom, whenever smoke weed every day, just, she never misses. <laughs> Is that beat like so I always thought that was really interesting like how do you why did you pick up on that <laughs> but um just in general like my dad um he was very much into artists like Michael Jackson he had all of his CDs um smooth jazz he loved things like that he had blues he had he had a variety of stuff and I actually do accredit him a lot in terms of just kind of 
getting me into those, the initial kind of wave of like different types of music that wasn't just top 40 or that wasn't yeah. just anything you could hear on TV or at the radio at the time. And that was really, really dope. And my mom too, she listened to, I guess, a lot of top 40, a lot of pop, a lot of um, just, again, anything that was really on the radio. But even too, she played a lot of her Nigerian. And I'm, I'm mad I'm blanking on artists right now because I would say some, but I'm like, oh, I can't. Uh, maybe that's one but I can't but yeah they they, both of them kind of exposed me to a lot of of different music I think my biggest influence though in terms of who kind of introduced me to music was my brother but um, in terms of my parents I can get more in in depth on that later but in terms of just kind of them both of my parents it was a lot of like mainstream um, what was on the radio, what was cool, but also there was that Nigerian aspect too. And I think a little bit more just to kind of go on what we talked about earlier in terms of um, trying to fit in. I think I somewhat rebelled a bit on the when it came to the Nigerian music. I'm not trying to listen to that. I want to listen to Britney Spears right now. <laughs> Again, when you're for me as a kid, it's like, okay, I don't want to stand. Let me just listen to what's going, even though those were the things I liked too. I think I subconsciously I tended to rebel against some of the things that made me again different just because it was like well I'm here let me uh, American kids listen to this so that that's mm-hmm. that, that's what the vibe is so no that's good I feel like um some people and I'll put myself half in this camp uh where you have an urge to just like discover on your own and to find your own tastes um I had that I don't know if it's late or early, but I kind I had that around um around when I was like fourteen, fifteen, probably a little bit earlier, where I was just like, okay, I've been exposed to, you know, whatever was charting, whatever my sister rated, which was mainly just like um nineties R and B and stuff like that, and uh one of my pops listened to, and he had a decent, he has a he still do still does have a really eclectic taste. I kind of take from to these to this day, um. So it's interesting you say that. Um, the be sure to send me a Nigerian players. I want to want to see what uh, Nigerians saying um, on that front. <laughs> shout out to shout out to King shout out to King Yen who sent me a Congolese playlist uh, after after our interview, and that was that was a true that was a true education because uh, I never listened to Congolese music at all, and it was it was very fascinating. When you really listen did. to music from different places, it just kind of, I guess because I'm so used to hearing it, I don't realize sure, how yeah. different and how diverse and how because they have different ways of doing things. They don't just follow the you know hook verse hook you know it's not like there's so many different kind of ways they go about creating that I have didn't even realize at the time and Mm -hmm. I hate how closed off I was back then because I definitely could have included more elements of what I heard to my creating right now yeah exactly that's exactly I I agree with that wholly um you mentioned your brother put you onto some stuff like what was I guess what was he into on that front oh man what was it my brother into like he <laughs> listen I, everyone knows those lime wire days. i hope i'm not incriminating if i'm incriminating definitely take this uh, out of statue limitations go there statue limitations but um yeah <laughs> i think every kid from like the early 2000s was downloading everything they could and my brother he was like an anthology of just music anything he could get his hands on he had mm-hmm. from old school hip-hop to new age to the mixtape days to r&b 
everything, everything. So he played, I think in terms of just influence, he played the biggest role in terms of just my artistic and creative, just, well, in terms of finding music that really influenced and touched me. So I would be looking at all the songs he had and I would just find a pick and choose what I liked. And initially at first it was R&B that really, really kind of appealed to me. Artists like Aaliyah and Genuine and Usher, I wanted to learn more and more about. And that's kind of what got me interested in like, R&B is like my favorite. I love, love, love R&B and I love hip hop too. But R&B was kind of that first like, whoa, what is this? And you kind of mentioned about finding your own sound and style. So I think I was around your age, like 14, 15, when I, it hit me, I was in school one day and someone was like, what's this song on the, and I couldn't, I was so used to hearing these songs on the radio, but I never associated an artist with the song. You know, you could hear... I don't know what was a popping song at the time, Laffy Taffy, and not realizing who that artist, who that artist was. So I had to go home, and I was like, "Who are these people that I'm listening to? If I like them, why do I like them? And what what songs? What? Let me find the history of this artist. Like, okay, yeah, I like this song, but what what other songs do they have on their catalog? And that's kind of what led me to my own kind of self discovery in terms of, okay, these are the artists I like. These are the reasons why I like them. I love this album maybe this album wasn't doing it maybe that third you know so that kind of really helped me and my my brother kind of introducing me to that lane because he had so many different art tons and tons and tons of artists I could go through and decide for myself like okay I like this I want this if I didn't have it I would tell them to download it you know gave our computer computer aids but again it was all worth it in the grand scheme of trying to find um, those songs that would eventually influence my creativity so Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people that um, just stop at whatever song they rate, right? And, you know, big ups to you on that fact that you just, you listen to say it, but you want to know more and you have that thirst for that. So um, that's pretty much like what my entire thing is all about in terms of what I do for the pods and the website itself, like, you know, it's, it's built on just wanted to know more stuff and hopefully other people rate it as well on that front in terms of what I learn anyway. Um, you know, skip if you like, but whatever. Um, so let's go, let's move a little bit forward to, um, uh, when you mentioned you started doing, you know, singing and poetry, um, or what point in time was that, uh, was that specifically begin for you? Um, was there a particular just trigger for you? Were you given like a notebook one day or something? Or- <laughs> Uh, right, I was given a book of rhymes. Or, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like writing rhymes on the bus. No, like, no, what, 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 what was the spark for your, for your creativity? Mm-hmm. Especially? Was, there, was there a specific one? I guess. <laughs> well, you see my origin story. Sorry, no. Um, as a kid, I was always really, really creative. I think one thing too, um, parents of, you know, or immigrant parents especially really try to drive home education is everything, you know, we want you to get a good education, we want you to be smart. Become doctor. Exactly, doctor, lawyer, accountant, you know, <laughs> you 
know how, you know exactly how it is the plight of every uh, immigrant parent. So uh, uh -huh. if you if di if you diverge from that, then uh, yikes, good luck to you. <laughs> but so I was always fairly creative. I remember my first kind of creative outlet was drawing, and my mom would be like, "Yeah, that's cute, but that math homework though." Uh, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. How's that going? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I mean, she was she is and she was and she still is very supportive. But again, you know, naturally, yeah, that's cute, but that calculus mm -hmm. ain't gonna do itself. So mm -hmm. um, it started from drawing. And then from there, I used to just write poetry. I had notebooks and I would just kind of jot down ideas and little things, not thinking too much of it, but it was it was just kind of a way to let things out. And I remember listening to Biggie's Hypnotize. I think that's what really put me on to, to rapping and just hearing him like, you know, B.I.G. 160 swiftly, you know, and it's just like, wow, what? You can you can put words together like that. So when I would <laughs> write poetry, I would try to kind of copy some of that same rhyme scheme and, you know, putting mm -hmm. not just following the A.B.A.B. format, but just seeing, OK, maybe I can say this and this lyrical, spiritual, individual, criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, that's kind of how I would make my, my poetry and, and make it, I guess, a little bit more interesting to myself. And then once I got to college, I joined a spoken word organization where I could really kind of dive into that that creative aspect more a lot of my poetry I kept to myself but once I did spoken word I really got to showcase more of my the way I would put words together in rhyme scheme and people seem really really interested in that and at the time when you're doing it by yourself and keeping it to yourself you don't think much of it it's just like yeah this is cool whatever you know you may have presentations in school where you do poetry and people like it but again you don't really think much of it but word really that was the name of the organization in college that i started doing spoken word word writers organizing realistic dialect but that kind of showed me like wow okay this is this is something interesting this is something special uh some of these people can't keep up no no i'm kidding uh everyone was really really dope <laughs> But just seeing okay. how other people would construct and create, that really influenced my creative outlet. So um, I just really dived deeper into that. And then in terms of uh, singing, I'd always loved to sing. Even um, as a kid, my mom said as a baby, I was just singing and wailing, whatever. So that was a big thing for me. But um, I would always come up with little jingles. I think we all do that, you know, <laughs> just coming up with little songs and, and not thinking too much about it. But I'd always loved singing, even when I'd play piano. I'm not that great at it, but I would sing something to it just to... I'm just not playing, but adding a little spin to it. But mm -hmm. I, I always felt like I was better at rapping and, and spoken word because I had done that longer and I perfected that craft a little bit more. Um, but I always loved singing too. That just kind of happened to be something that I do on the side. And once I graduated college, I knew music was something I still wanted to pursue, even if it was like a side hustle or whatever the case may be. And I really tried to lean into it more once I graduated. I don't know if I'm going too far <laughs> into the- That's all good, we'll backtrack, fine. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Keep cooking. So, um, yeah, once I graduated, um, I reached out to a couple of different people just to see if I could, hey, you know, I, I do a little bit of rapping. Maybe this might be helpful to, to you. And there was a few small like labels or uh, a couple people like managers or whatever them who are looking for writers to write for their artists. So that was kind mm -hmm. of my first experience of being in the industry, I guess you will, if you could call mm -hmm. it that. Um, yeah. But the thing with that, writing for other people, that's 
exactly that. You're writing someone else's experiences and you may not necessarily relate to, okay, this guy's in the, the city, he, he hustling, he's struggling. And I'm like, I'm, I'm from the suburbs. I don't, <laughs> I don't know much about that, uh-huh, <laughs> that, uh-huh. that lifestyle. So mm-hmm. that's where it was like, okay, let me try to be a little bit more authentic into my story. And that's kind of what made me, you know, help me build and storytell on my own. Um, just to kind of wrap up, I know I made that that question extremely long, but I wanted to be as thorough as I could be in regards to answering it. But no, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. I love a little I love cook session on that one. Um, so I, I have to, I have to ask: was it was it just a uh, was it? Did, <laughs> Your mother said you were good at singing when you were, uh, when you were younger. Was it, was that not just melodic cl- crying? And no, it was just exactly. like, no like, and that's how she treated it. She didn't say it was uh-huh, good. Yeah. She was just saying you were yeah, just, just wailing. She was like, yeah, you didn't know what you were doing, but you were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to, I guess, uh, something for future parents to just like. Yeah, you weren't crying a lot. It was just, it's just, just melodic. It's You're just a melodic. hater, though. A lot, a lot of crying. <laughs> You <laughs> were hitting on baby Elsa. Okay, whatever. I had to ask. I had to ask. <laughs> um, on the spoken word front, that fascinates me because um, I, I I know a couple of spoken word people. Every time, you know, I feel like spoken words kind of got that stigma on it, where the most notable people um, as it pertains to spoken word are always just like a how should I word it there's, kind, there's a negative connotations to them right where it's just like ah oh, he's corny like, it's not so nice you know it's just, and the and the way they uh, you know TV shows portray it and it's just like got that, that it's just got that it's just got that really uh, herky-jerky no, kind of just flow to it it's just like <laughs> this and this this and this and this it's, just, it's like that's, yeah, that's not the side. But I, I wanted to ask to, to for you to, I guess, uh, remove that stigma for me, um, if you can, and just uh, describe how how you approach spoken words um, from the creation of, of whatever you were writing to your performance of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, we're, we were dope. Um, no, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think what was beautiful about um, being in that organization was that everybody had a story. But yet when we all would tell our stories, it was it was very authentic. It was very real. And everyone just wanted to support each other the best way we could, given the tools that we had. So the thing is, uh, we had people who would sing or people who would rap and people who would, you know, everyone had their thing. But when we came together, you know, maybe I would work with a rapper or someone, some type of artist who has a completely different experience from mine. And we would find ways to tell our story in a way that was cohesive, but also um, honest, even if, again, my experiences may vary a lot from the person I'm working with. And I think that's the beauty. And that's the thing they really don't talk about as much kind of this camaraderie. And, um, I guess when I see the spoken word in the media, it's very just like you said, it's very just, or they just focus so much on lyrical, lyrical, lyric. It's, it's, it's so much more than that. I think, um, when I think about that experience, I don't necessarily think about the performances I have, but more so the relationships that I was able to build with people who were at the same, because it was in college, so everyone's kind of going through the same thing. Everybody's at the same walk of life. And mm-hmm. being able to tell stories, relate, feel um, different types of, you know, people were going through a lot of different things. And it was 
I don't, it was very cathartic for me. Um, my whole life, I was always too afraid to share these experiences that I was dealing with because again, you know, I'm quiet, I'm shy, I'm this, I'm that. And being in that organization was the first time where I could really, it was, the, I didn't know it at the time, but it was kind of the genesis, the nexus of Osei, you know, being able to tell my story in a way that I felt like was interesting enough. And, and people seemed to be really receptive towards it, but even if they weren't, everyone was still very cool. Um, and it was just a place to allow me to workshop ideas. It was a place to allow me to be in a creative space. Because again, it's not as easy to do that when you're an adult, everybody's living their life, doing their own thing. But this is a place where everyone's dedicated to helping each other grow and be better. Whew, I didn't know how I was gonna answer that question, but that sounds pretty good. That was good, I like that, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, honestly, that was, that was really good. Um, where did you go for college, by the way? Oh, yeah. I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Okay. Okay. Did you have any uh, particular, like, creative subjects at all? Or was it, was it sticking to... Or was it appeasing yeah, no, for the no, parents? I definitely was it appeasing the parents? <laughs> I definitely stuck to I the do edu <laughs> education station. No, absolutely. <laughs> My, um, I studied agricultural and consumer economics with a concentration Jeez. in accounting. So, yeah, no, it Shit. was very... Oh, okay, no. It was right, very... Right. Uh, let's stick to the books. Let's, let's do it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gosh. Yeah, that sounds just... That's, that's, that's too many too many words. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can't... I don't even say that. I just say accounting usually just to keep it short and sweet. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a lot. Damn. But you go for it. It's all good. Um, we're here now. Jeez, oh, man. Jeez. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, yeah, so uh, moving on from that, obviously you said uh, you uh, left uh, college and started, um, I guess, uh, branching out, um, putting your name up there in certain ways. Was it from a nice perspective or was it uh, from a nice point of view or was it just um was the getting out just um trying to find anything to do obviously you mentioned the right in front of eyes so is it simply just that and uh having that i guess trying to walk through walk through that door I absolutely guess? yeah no i mean it was anything that would stick I right. used to what pretty much kind of once I graduated, what I would do is I would freestyle on my Instagram page. I had an old Instagram page. I would never show my face. I, I wasn't there yet. I was too shy. So I would only okay. maybe like All my, right. you know, maybe from like the bottom half down, I would show like uh, from my nose down. To, I can't even remember, but my face, my whole face wasn't shown and I would freestyle and people really, really seemed to rock with that. Even not seeing my face. It was a different time in like 2016. Uh, people were more cool with that. That would not fly today people would be hey like man, the kelly 47 still does it so eh, yeah you're right and i guess it's how you freak it you could definitely still make something like that but mine's was very very low-key but um yeah i would freestyle um every week or every other week or whatever i would put out something and i would reach out to people and people would check it, check out my page and they'd be like yo you got something there i got this artist you want to if you could write some things for them. And I was like, shoot, whatever way that would get me closer to where I'm trying to be, that's cool, that's cool. It was still very local, but it was still kind of my first experience. I remember I wrote um, a verse for some artist and I got paid like $50 for doing it. I was like, whoa, what, this is, you can get paid for doing it? Like, I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> and sure it wasn't a lot uh -huh. but it was just kind of the idea that my creativity could lead to something else and 
that was something that was really exciting to me because yeah I had this degree in accounting and business or whatever like you know doing that to please the parents this is my passion thing that could also possibly make me money like you know that's that's pretty pretty cool so I, initially I didn't come out as an artist I think I was still trying to find who I was as an artist because I wasn't creating songs or anything, you know, outside of those freestyles. It was just kind of to showcase as a female, as a rapper, hey, I can spit, I got some things to say, use this as you see fit. Um, I think deep down inside, I wanted that to be seen to be an artist, but I think, you know, I just kind of had this wall there to protect myself as well as like, ah, you know, I'm just here doing whatever. You may not see me as an artist, but I sure can spit so I could be mm. like a songwriter. So I think inadvertently I was trying to protect myself too, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask what was kind of the end goal for yourself in terms of that, but you kind of answered that in how you wanted to be an artist, but it wasn't like, um, I guess, was it, I get, was it matter of like just, uh, was it still the shyness, I guess? But obviously you were doing it on IG, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot of things. Again, you know, shy, afraid. I think deep down, again, it goes back to this wanting to be accepted. And it's like, look at this girl. She thinks she can rap. Like, who is she trying to be? <laughs> Nikki, girl, please. And then even, too, <laughs> as, as a, again, a, a product of African parents, how many African rappers you know? I mean, outside of obviously the obvious, but second generation you know from where i come from i don't come from a family of artists i come from a a family of doctors of, of lawyers of you know people who do well in academia and don't mm. really di diverge out of that that set pathway so yeah i as much as i wanted to be the first one i definitely wasn't gonna say it out loud <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um no yeah that's uh that's good so um it says here on your uh spotify thing uh that you moved to atlanta so was i i can uh, i could probably answer i could probably know why you particularly moved to a place such as atlanta but i'll ask for kicks why why would you why would you ever uproot yourself from the from from the hotbed of artistic expression that is uh, the state of Illinois to uh, to to Atlanta. Yeah, to nobody, nowhere town Atlanta where nothing is popping off. Great question. <laughs> no, that's fair. Well, one, I needed a change of scenery. I, I lived in, I think even then, I thought I was gonna be in Chicago my whole life. But um, this was still around the time where I was reaching out to people. And I remember I had reached out to, I didn't know it. No, I think I did. Uh, I reached out to Lyle Duff, who was little Uzi Verts. Uh, he used to produce records for Uzi. I don't know if they still do. So I was like, hey, okay. if you need an intern that was also my way to get into the door I would reach out to people hey you need an intern you know I, I got an accounting degree <laughs> so that was kind of my way and he was like I don't necessarily need an intern but I'm around generation now so uh, they might need an intern so he put me in contact with like their people and they were like oh yeah uh, come through so I got on a plane and took my behind to Atlanta. They were like, are you in Atlanta? I was like, uh, yeah, of course I'm in Atlanta, duh. So I pretty much moved from there and I started interning at uh, Generation Now. So that was kind of the reason, the real, real reason why I kind of left Chicago. 
So, at that point in time, I guess, would you consider that a uh, a firm footing in terms of where you're at, since you have a uh, I, I, I don't know. So the the term intern exactly. is different here. People think, so yeah, I'll try to. <laughs> no, that's a great question. People think because I intern there, like, oh, let me just slide DJ uh, drama. I barely, <laughs> I barely had contact with drama. Like as an intern, I was, we were like cleaners. Like I, I, I'm not saying this to crap on the experience. I still very much appreciated the experience because I got to see. You know, you got to see the insides of Oz, essentially. You got to see how the inner workings of the studio happen and what goes on. And you get to see a lot of people who be perpetrated. There'll be some people on the gram like, yo, I'm a major A&R for so-and-so, but they really just, okay. they just the cousin of mm-hmm. <laughs> someone. That, there's a lot of that relationship. You, sto- you got stories, huh? Man, I, I got stories. I got stories. But the, the, the main people at Generation Now were really cool. So it's nothing about them at all. But um, yeah, no, I mean, we pretty much, I, I guess it depends on how you position yourself too. Because there was an intern who was in our class who who was signed, not necessarily to Generation Now, but who signed through to their like subsidiary, essentially. Because mm-hmm. at the time, I just, ah, if I could go back in time and just do things different, I would. But I mean, once I remember at the interview, um, one of the A&Rs was like, hey, you know, if you position yourself well, you can be like an artist. We're about to sign so-and-so, like if you figure it out. And this was still around the time where I'm still discovering who I am as an artist. I don't still have music out. I'm still shy when people ask me about my music. Hey, can we hear some? Oh, well, my, my dog ate my hard drive. Uh, you know, <laughs> any excuse <laughs> under the sun, even the A&R, he would always be like, hey, Osa, you got something for me? Um, well, you see, mm. uh, Uh, maybe next time because again in my early days of creating I was so afraid of people hearing what I was working on if it wasn't completely done the way I wanted it to be done and when I used to go to the studio you only have so many hours that you can record before you know that money adds up so you record what you record and you get out of there so I hadn't perfected my craft for real so I never really showed him a lot of the stuff that I could do so anyway I didn't position myself in a way that could have helped me down the line I mean I still have connects I, I connected with a lot of the interns who were doing a lot of things but in terms of like oh let me just call up drama you know me and him we're like this nah no 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 so it, for me it was more so I guess a learning experience in terms of seeing how everything happens yeah, that's good. Um, so, would you say that... Oh, I've lost my train of thought. Okay, I'll continue anyway. Um, so, after that, I guess, uh, it, I mean, it says uh, two years in artist development. So, that's broad. I'm wondering what that entails. Yeah, of course, of course. It entails a lot of things. So... I, as soon as I got to Atlanta, I was busy. I was out here meeting people, moving and shaking. I had three internships at one point in time, um, just so I could learn more about the business. So with Generation Now, it taught me about the music business in general, kind of in terms of navigating, in terms of even little things like creativity. Beforehand, I didn't really understand like, oh yeah, engineers and producers. And I didn't still understand those roles, even though I was like writing in Chicago. Then I had another internship that taught me things about the promotional aspect because, well, let me tell the second, I had another internship where I was working with an artist and he was creating his bedroom. And that kind of hit me like, oh, 
I don't need to be in like this multi-million dollar studio to create. You can literally create art in your bedroom, Sans, even my, you know, my little setup I have now. So he kind of taught me that as an independent artist, because I was interning with him and he was an independent artist, um, you can do all of this on your own. And then I had a third internship where I kind of learned more about the, um, the uh, marketing aspect, you know, in terms of kind of getting your name out there. I had a, a homie there who was a digital marketer. So he kind of showed me like, yo, this is kind of how things go. You know, people run ads and that didn't, I didn't even know about things like that. I mean, obviously everyone knows it in 2021, but in like 2019, I, that was like, because I knew a lot of people who were creating, but as soon as they dropped the song, you know, it was like a pin drop. No one, no one could hear it. Nobody knew anything about it. So that mm -hmm. part always intrigued me. So anyway, I, I just kind of told those because that was the first aspect. I had yep. a full-time job and I connected with a producer. He was somebody who wanted to um, find an artist to produce with. And I told him about my experiences and he connected me with his friend who wanted to be a manager. So we got together we set up a studio in my place and I would be recording nonstop just to get, because I knew where I was as an artist. I was still very green in terms of like my own creativity, being able to rap and then rapping on a microphone are two completely different things. You know, you have to get adjusted mm -hmm. to your voice. You got to get adjusted to like, okay, I'm, I want to swag out the, you know, getting that type of confidence takes a minute. It took me a long time. Um, so I, pretty much locked myself in the studio in my room in my apartment and just practice trying to you know understand what I loved about certain artists and how they were able to do that like one artist I love is Jodeci and one thing they were known for outside of their great music is like their vocal stacking like they stacked hundreds of takes and harmonies and I was like how does that how does that work how could I I mean I know I'm not Jodeci but how can I how can I do what they do in my own little way um so with a lot of the songs that I've released so far, you know, I've stacked tons of vocals and tons of harmonies, but it was studying what they did to help me get better at that. Or, you know, someone like Eminem, where he would have all these personalities on a record and me trying to find out how I can show my own personality. Because I remember one of my first records I ever did, I'd sent it to people and they were like, what is this shit? Turn it off. Because I was just very da 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 Because I wanted to show I could spit, but it was still boring. Like, I think another thing people don't really, just because you can rap fast or rap a lot of words together doesn't mean that people want to hear that or doesn't mean that you're a great rapper. So for me, it was really just trying to develop my sound, my style, and who Osei actually is, you know, because I didn't even know who that was. I knew I didn't want to be like everyone else, but what does that mean? So. No, I get that. Um, so you mentioned in your prior answer uh, before that, that you kind of, you didn't say the word regret, but the essence was there uh in in terms of just like opportunities you felt like you kind of just like let let go but combining that with what you just said i'm wondering if you retrospectively still think that you probably still uh could have been i do further further from where you're at now if you did those kind of things because clearly from how you were wording it before it kind of feels like you know 
you're ready to actually you know start doing things now so i'm wondering if you still retroactively think that yeah i mean i'm naturally one of those people by nature like if i do something wrong i'll sit back and think how did i let that happen (laughs) of course i do there were so many things so many things i did wrong being in 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 that studio and this is a studio Mm -hmm. with like movers and shakers you see a lot of very important people run through that studio and even like, I remember one of my homies was like, um, there was an A&R there and one of my homies was like, you know, he's going to ask you for music, but one day he's going to stop asking you for that because it's like, you're not. And I, I, I heard that, but I didn't interpret it because it's like, oh, you know, as long as I'm here, it'll always be an opportunity. Like, <laughs> yeah. th- this is literally an A&R for one of the biggest labels. I remember when Jack Harlow, like, I this was before he blew up, like, I was there. So, like, you see what they did for him. They can do that for a lot of other people. So, again, like, of course I go back and I think about, golly, I wish I did, I wish I did. But, I mean... Even too, it's like, I wouldn't have grown as much as I did without those experiences, without that, like those moments of like, you know, but yeah, I I look back and I was like, I really should have taken those opportunities for really what they were. I think when you're in it, you don't appreciate it as much as then once you're out of it, because you realize the industry is not only just being a good artist, but it's about networking. It's about knowing the right people. It's about being in those spaces. Even some people say like, you get in by just being at the right place at the right time, and yeah. Mm. No, sometimes sometimes you need to sh- shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's... You, you, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so after the, uh, I guess, uh, developing your own sound and uh, you know just continually practicing. Uh, how long do you? How long was that process for you before you felt comfortable to start crafting uh, your debut EP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, it took about two years. I think I even said on the thing. Oh, I wasn't exaggerating. It took a while to really yeah and develop because even too, I was still working too. So I had a, like a full time job. So sometimes I'd be too tired, and then X, Y, and Z. What really kind of made me like a little fire under my ass was I had gotten let go from the job I was working at and mm. I had they tend to, to do that yeah, yeah you know they tend to do that you know especially if you have a boss it's just the worst like yeah, <laughs> yeah it tends to so um um yeah it just kind of lit this fire under my ass like yo like you only have one shot at this like if you're gonna do it do it for real because you see everybody and their mom wants to be an artist right now whether they're good or not is up for debate but if you're really gonna do it do it at the highest level you possible possibly can so 2021 was really that year of just locking in or late 2020 and early 2021 i just really kind of sat in and studied and when i said tell you i would wake up like i had a full-time job take my ass to this chair get in front of this microphone and just record find beats online find beats on youtube and just record anything you know record ideas record vocal stacks record harmonies learn more about harmonies understanding the piano so i could find chords so then i could use those chords to do a different harmony study artists that i liked and then kind of implement implementing elements of what they do but making it my own Oh, I was in there. I was definitely doing that work. Because again, you see how competitive an industry like this is too. So it's like, 
I really just wanted to be good. I wanted to be, I know there were things that I lacked that I could make up for in artistic, you know, in that artistic and creative aspect. So that for me was really, really why I wanted to just hammer in and just do this right. Because, and I think a little bit of just being a Nigerian and not trying to disappoint anyone, you want to do everything at the, the, the highest level. So even if my mom happened to stumble upon my music one day, I would still want her to be like, what the, I mean, it's fire though, but like, what, <laughs> you know, my daughter's a rapper, <laughs> like what, but hey, it's cool. So, you know, deep down inside, I just want everything that I do to at least be good enough for me. So, yeah. Does mom not know she? Uh, yeah, mom still doesn't. You know, she'll she'll stumble upon it one day. Uh, really, she does that's not know. But she, I'm sure, I'm sure deep down inside, she knows what's going on. She's been to my bar. She's seen the setup, and she's like, "What?" Uh -huh. She's even said things like, "Oh, how's the music going?" But I don't think she understands the extent in which it's going. Right. Yeah. I mean, at least she, at least she thinks it's that, and not like I don't know ASMR or something. Yeah. Like right. Like, right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah all right let's um i guess jump into what is uh what is chapter one and what came uh from that from all that um i would say actually now that i have uh you know obviously we've been talking for the past like 45 minutes or so there seems to be a lot of i guess uh groundwork there uh for yourself and for the future this is kind of a guess you're I'm not gonna lie it's no question apart uh, after this um but you know the fact that you uh previously mentioned um learning off just one song that you rated and then learn about that particular artist or whatever and digging for more and then obviously taking that into uh what you do now and as you were you know just talking about what you learned in like a couple of years or so, you know, it's kind of substantial. So respect to you on that front. Um, guess over. So let's jump into chapter one. Um, appreciate you dashing it to me, by the way. I um, just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you found me. I don't know how people find me, honestly. It's just like, <laughs> I think I found you. I <laughs> think I fa I'm trying to even think it was, I'm sure it was someone else, but I don't know who it could have been. Yeah, it was okay. probably on Instagram, but like, you know, sure. I just, you know, finding dope people who are also helping to put other independent artists on the scene. Like that's, that's my way of throwing through. And then like a hip hop at, come on, like, <laughs> let's, let's <laughs> I appreciate so, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate you very, very much again for this opportunity. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. So I guess, uh, as a broad question, um, out of everything that you were, you know, learning about, um what would you uh what would you paint chapter one as in terms of just the overall messaging of the ep and what you want people to come out of listening to it uh yeah what what lesson they come out come out with hmm i think for me um i very much want to golly that's a tricky question um i know that i wanted like my first anything any type of project that i put out to be some aspect of me in some regard like i want it to be fun i want it to be kooky i want it to have good songs but i still want to have elements of my personality i think it was to be the most authentic that i could be at the time without giving you too too much because i'm not trying to give you my life story if you've never even heard of me before so i'm not gonna come in with a college dropout type <laughs> type stuff but i think for me it was just 
hey, this is Ose in her most authentic, general sense of the form. Like, she's funny, she's silly, she likes to play around, she, you know, is very much influenced by the 90s, you know, as, as many things as you could kind of pick out from the different. And the one thing that was really important to me with chapter one is showing as many different sides of me as possible. There are songs where I'm singing, there are songs where I'm straight rapping, there are songs that kind of, um, you know, pay homage to like a certain time period because those are aspects of my creativity that I want to shine through, like being influenced by the 90s or, you know, being an artist that likes to sometimes showcase her personality. You know, it's not just about, oh, you know, looking for a fine man to scam. Like, it's not necessarily <laughs> about <laughs> that. But, yeah. say, you know, having kooky bars or, you know, even I had a song where I was like, I was on high, which was kind of like this joke about, you know, this has been pretty a pretty sucky year, but, you know, I'm still going to come out on top and I'm going to tell my story as silly as possible. So for me, it was like chapter one of getting to know who Ose is as an artist and you know, what's to come. Mm -hmm. That's why it's chapter one, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I call it that, I call it that. Um, funny how um, uh, throughout, throughout this, I was just like, I was, I was waiting for this particular moment for what I'm about to say, because throughout you were just talking about, you know, shyness and stuff like that. And then, and then, I, and then I just keep thinking about how many licks and I'm just like, <laughs> Oh my God. I just, I just, I just sit here thinking, oh just like, hmm. I know you didn't. You did not. <laughs> Listen, let me. I was live like shy, you. yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about the track, I say, for the people that don't know. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, hey, mom. <laughs> uh Oh shit! She's not gonna get this either. Oh, Damn. Oh man, she's Ruined definitely it. not gonna get that one. You're gonna sit. You're gonna send this through, and then like, then I said that. <laughs> what is this? How many licks? How many licks? <laughs> uh, yeah. Be a fun conversation. Good, good times, but even songs like that, like I think there's nothing wrong with embracing, you know, your sexuality in terms. Of oh no, I'm not. I'm not racing by the way. I actually really, I really like the track. It is really good. I like the track. Yeah. Thank you, gang. It's gang. hot. Yeah. It's gang, good. Gang. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely one of my more scandalous songs I have. I love that song. When I heard the beat, I knew instantly what I wanted to do with that. But yeah, I wanted to embrace every aspect of myself and even like with my womanhood and, you know, um, it, it doesn't just have to be, because one thing I don't like with like certain female artists who feel like, okay, I'm different because I don't rap about sex. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I, I have no problem with rapping about sex. I have no problem rapping about the world at large, because again, as people, we have so much to bring to the table. It doesn't just have to be super duper political or super duper sexual. Yeah, so for me, I just want to embrace everything, you know, the, the things that will make my mama blush and the things that, <laughs> that she would sing along to. So, yeah. No, it's good. it's good. I think you, uh, for me personally, that I think, uh, I think uh, you go down that road of um, not, uh, in terms of subject matter, pigeonholing yourself into 
a certain box because obviously um a lot of when it comes to art and not just music obviously um you know any particular actor or uh, you know painter right people usually want the one thing that they're good for that they think that people think they're good for yeah and they're just like oh i just want you to do comedy or i I just want you to paint flowers and, or, and stuff like that um and sometimes and, and this is obviously the case in a broader sense of hip-hop history it's either uh it's either super sexual or uh yeah conscious quote-unquote right whatever, what, what, yeah whatever that means so you know they come with different visuals and stuff like that and obviously it helps people to um well yeah it helps in in a i guess a, some some ways in negative fashion to just like tell them oh right you're that person it's just like no i'm still me but you know regardless if it if that artist comes up on my related artist page then you know it doesn't it doesn't make it as if i'm trying to be them i'm still yeah it's weird it's weird how people come across like that and that's you know i don't i don't think people <clears throat> i think people subconsciously most of the time go down that route and they just you know put it in the two boxes that most women in hip-hop especially go down uh, to no fault of their own but um it's good that you that you're at first step not trying to or try or trying to um have feet in several boxes and not just the main two especially yeah, I, I mean, like you said, it is really unfair, especially as when, because there are so many men you could say the same thing towards, but it doesn't apply for some reason or another. I I just don't get it. So can yeah. I can I tell you how many times this past year, especially, I've been doing my the podcasting in digits, and we we uh, we go through particular eyes from like back in the day and it's the first time i've ever spun their entire discography and stuff like that and the increasing notion i get for uh, a lot of the time now is just how many dudes i just don't want to hear sex bars from right. <laughs> 97% of dudes in hip hop cannot write about cannot do cannot do sex bars at all and it it, it pains me like who who is this for can't be for women can't be for men who is this for my who guy who is this for no big facts big facts but again you know everybody's just trying to do what they think is going to make them accepted so yeah let's let's do that yep big mm -hmm. facts mm -hmm. exactly you feel me you feel me um so I guess the easier the, the easiest question coming out of that is uh what is it when when's chapter two? What is what? When's chapter two? Oh oh ooh that's that's <laughs> that's that's a good question. Even I, as I'm you know, continuing to create, I uh, it's a tricky thing. It's just what is next? You know what I mean? Like what do I think because I create for me, but of course, you know, you wanna create yeah. so people will enjoy it too. So it's being able to be authentic, but it's also being able to still be creative and still be interesting. Like, I think that's the big thing that I learned the most about during my time during artist development is just 
how can I make this interesting? Or how can I make this somebody wants to listen to catchy, like catchiness, because that was always something I loved as a kid, like listening to someone like Britney Spears. I remember she was like one of my first favorite artists because, you know, that baby one more time is so damn catchy. And (laughs) for me, I want to be able to have that, incorporate that element of catchiness, authentic, real, chapter two can be a multitude of things. I've been playing around with it so much of like, what would that look like? What type of stories do I want to tell? I want to show that I've grown, but I also still want someone who may have found me for the first time, something that they can still feel like it resonates with them. So your guess is about as good as mine. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. That's okay. Um, a question I've been asking a couple of eyes recently, and I want to ask you this because uh, I find it interesting how they how people answer it. Um, what is the main uh, what do, for eyes inspiration? What do you do to gain that kind of thing? You've probably answered it before, if I've if I'm being honest, where like you listen to probably the style of eyes, but I like to ask just officially, just to just to get a gauge. Like, do you go out for walks? Like, do you watch the news or stuff like that? I don't, I don't know, but like, what what do you do for if you need some inspiration? Anything, man. There's so many things. Life within itself is very uh, helpful in terms of you know helping me come up with ideas. Crazy enough, I don't. I mean, I do write a lot that is uh, that you know is coming from my stories, but I do also am very I'm very much influenced by seeing how other people live. If I watch a TV show and someone got broken up with, ooh, that would be they may say something that I may want to implement in a song of my own. Right. Um, I mean, even with how many licks, what that's from the Tootsie Roll Pop, you know, how many licks will it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? So. It, it can be anything. Sometimes when I have writer's block, I'll, because usually I'm on YouTube, um, I'll just see and watch a video, you know, or maybe watch another artist. Or if there's a song that's been stuck on my mind, maybe I'll listen to that and just see like, wow, what did they, how did they come up with that? Like, let me see if I could do something within that realm, but in my own way. So it, it's, it definitely varies. I don't think there's one surefire way that, you know, gives me pure inspiration. Because mm. again, with life, you get inspiration from everything. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, all right, last couple of questions um, that I usually finish off with. Uh, firstly, is uh, recommendations. So, uh, what you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're reading that you feel like people should uh, hop onto. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, I know this is a TikTok song, but I am late to the party because <laughs> I don't have TikTok. But I love this song. It's called "Hours and Hours" by um, Money Long. That song is just amazing. I love that song. I have been playing it nonstop. I'm so glad I'm not on to because I probably would hate it. But because I'm not like I just happen to find it randomly on Instagram. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if that doesn't feel like just 90s R&B. Like, I love it. I love it. She killed that And money long. She's actually her name is Priscilla. What's her last name? But she's a very popular writer. She wrote uh, Worth It by um um what are those girls uh fifth harmony she wrote a lot Jeez. of uh, yeah yeah she wrote she, man she's in her bag for real i'm so mad i can't mm-hmm. think of her last name but um yeah she, her alter ego is money long because her writing money is super long <laughs> so yeah i love that song um in terms of golly what else am i listening to right now i pretty much just stay in my old stuff but artists that i love brent fias just that man can do no wrong to me. I just, I love him so much. Um, Jasmine Sullivan, and I'm so glad 
she's getting her just due because she's just she's been fired since forever but you know with Hose Tales that project was freaking amazing and I'm glad that people are really taking her serious even though they should have been taking her serious um yeah that's in terms of music in terms of TV um what am I watching what's it called um what is this show called I'm so mad Snowfall I love Snowfall oh, so much damn Mm -hmm. Uh, it's coming back I'm so excited I'm just so mm -hmm. excited God, they in they bag with that show that's for sure mm. um, books oh I'm I'm reading uh, Yvonne Orji's Bamboozled by Jesus so Yvonne Orji she's on the show Insecure by Issa Rae who yep. I also love mm -hmm. so much um, yep. but yeah yeah again she's a she's me again another first generation Nigerian doing something completely different and owning it and also embracing her spirituality and her journey too which is really really dope like and just kind of reading how she didn't compromise on certain things and how just her persistence and her beliefs and her values you know especially being bamboozled by Jesus has helped her has tricked her into the life that she always wanted and I think that's really really inspirational so yeah, those those are my recommendations. Cool, I would love to talk uh, Snowfall and Insecure, honestly. Uh, but uh, well, it's been an hour, so I won't, I won't keep you too long. Um, maybe next time. Uh, well, Insecure's finished, but you I know, mean, we'll, next we'll get time, so we, you know, you're just encouraging yeah, me yeah. to come back. Well, we'll have part two. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, of course. Always trying to, you know, just, uh, have a catch up now and again. Um, but uh, we'll finish off with uh, as we always finish off with uh, a top five. Um, so. I like to do my top fives in the most open way possible to say that it's your top five and you could do what you want with it. Uh, it could be as broad or as specific as you want. It doesn't have to be with music. It could be five things for life, whatever, whatever you feel. Um, but it's your top five. So with that said, what's your top five? Dang. Oh, man, I wish it was good. I wish I knew it was going to be sober. I would have had like a top five life lessons. Ooh, maybe I should top five goals for 2022. Big one, number one. I like one. it. Yes. Number one, I want to be happy. I think last year I was very caught up in the things that weren't happening for me. So I let, you know, things that shouldn't have brought me down, bring me down. So I definitely want to make more of a conscious effort to just be happy and appreciate life. Like I had some things that made me think, oh, snaps, like this, this could really... You could be here today and gone the next very much. And I think the news, if anything, should let you know, like life is precious. Um, number two, oh, I wish this virus could go away so I could travel. <laughs> God, God. I'm supposed to be traveling in April, but you know, fingers crossed, you know, with Omicron, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen, but I really, really want to travel this year. Um, big time three, um, network more. Uh, I think because I've been so DIY do it myself, I haven't branched off as much as I'd like to, but when I get to network, I meet dope people like you. So, but even within Atlanta more, Hey gang gang, <laughs> but even more within, because again, this is the hub. This is where you want to be. If you're an artist, like there's so much going on. So, so much. And I want to take advantage of that. Um, for um for i would like to try something new i don't know what it is but i want to do something that scares me something that opens my mind i don't know like when i first got here i used to go to like karaoke's karaoke bars and open mic nights by myself just to 
develop my stage presence and that helped me that's smart Man, actually yeah yeah no good. and i want to go yeah. back to, i want to go back to that so so Spoke much talking to karaoke people yeah yeah especially karaoke man you know mm, you, you really know job. how to command an audience whether you like if mm. you're good or bad because i definitely had those nights where i've just been singing to the back of people's heads that's that's very humbling <laughs> but like but if you can engage and that kind of showed me like yo if you can you know if you move a little bit and you you rock this way or that way like people tend to like people naturally want to root for you it's just you have to give them that reason like if you're just being boring no one's going to check for it so you learn a lot from that even too my confidence from that would translate over to other aspects like i would be in my job and you know presenting something in front of like my peers wasn't as daunting because the night before I was singing to a bunch of strangers so mm. yeah yeah no I encourage any artist who really has who hasn't had shows yet like I haven't to do stuff like that because it really helps you to kind of build that foundation and I want to do that more and then number five um number five spend more time with family um again because I'm here in Atlanta I don't get to spend time with my family enough. And even like uh, when I was in my early 20s, I was a terror, especially to my mom. She would call and I just kind of look at my phone and push it off to the side. I'm sorry, mom. But you know, now the older I get, the more you just start to value and appreciate your parents and your, your family more. And you know, I, I love my family more than anything, even despite, you know, whatever challenges or things we have might, we may have gone through. So definitely uh really value and spend more time with them if i could give my mom the world i would so that's what we're mm -hmm. working towards that's great that's amazing top five uh if you want a suggestion for trying something new um i've been told by many an american friend that beans on toast is a weird thing so go for that if it scares you um but apart from that well what about <laughs> beans I've, I've seen people eat beans and rice i mean beans and uh bread so I'm talking about just Heinz beans and toast, like that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, no kidney beans or nothing like that. Just just beans in that Heinz sauce mm -mm, from the can. Throw some toast on that. Throw on some toast, maybe a bit of butter. You know what I mean? Okay, just, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try it. I'll let you know next time. <laughs> I mean, don't 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 promise me or anything. It's fine. I'm just taking I'm taking the piss, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I've heard it scares Americans. So uh, you know. If you said science scares you. Beans on toast. Uh ladies <laughs> with that said with that total derailment by me. Uh amazing top five. I would say it's been a pleasure uh having you on and learning your story. And uh yeah man, as it pertains to people rooting for you, I'll definitely want those people uh for your future. And uh yeah man, just continue uh, continue doing the things and uh at your own pace man i just want to take this time to just thank you again so so much for checking out chapter one for allowing me to be on this platform like i really really do appreciate you and anybody who's listening y'all are dope <laughs> so thank you again much love all right well see i'll, I'll see you uh, i'll see you uh, when i see you <laughs> for, next, <laughs> yeah, for, 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 for chapter two <laughs> of this of, of this interview and hopefully you be monday have it ladies and gentlemen my new view with I say I really enjoy how um, how she comes through with 
a mindset so early on of exploration, you know what I mean? I hate to be that guy, but, you know, that's kind of the point <laughs> of why I do the things I do. Um, so it's nice to have a, a kindred spirit in that sense of somebody that doesn't stop with, oh, that's a good song. You know, they don't, they don't stop there. They, you know, they, they look deeper in, they explore and are not afraid to explore. Um, so shout out to see on that front. I really respect that. So I think, I think that's the main thing I came, I came away with this, uh, came away from this interview with is just how she, uh, is energized to keep, uh, being interested in things. Um, so shout out to her on that front. Well, that said, ladies and gentlemen, hope you've enjoyed this episode um, from the 5th Film Podcast Network. I've been Charlie Taylor. It's been most good. Intro music has been backstar by Brock Berrigan. Interlude music was Wine and Roses by Indice. You can find both those links in the full show notes. Thanks to Joe Breakfast for being to use both tracks. You can also find their link in the full show notes. First of many interviews coming coming uh, coming through. Um, just um, just trying to find time to edit them, <laughs> toast them to be honest. Uh, but we're going to get there. I have plenty in the pipeline, um, and uh, plenty of fresh ones. Couple of uh, couple of people coming back uh, for a recap, uh, for a catch up. Um, but yeah, apart from that, all windy vibes, guaranteed. And with that said, until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.